0: Welcome listeners to our podcast. Well, yes, my name is Michelle Moss, and I'm here with a very special guest um, that I'm going to give a little background about. Um, This is my friend, Michelle with one L, Vaz, and I met Michelle recently in Chicago. So I am a lover of human beings and I love to meet new people. And so a lot of times clients will ask me how I meet new people and how's that so How's that a thing that's easy for you? And it just is because I love humans. So I met Michelle at a bar sitting at the Doubletree Hotel in, in downtown Chicago. She was there on a trip. I was there with my husband on a trip. And Michelle sat down next to me. And Michelle, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: I'm so happy to have you. And tell our listeners what transpired to that. Today, we're sitting here having a podcast after we met in Chicago. And you're not from Chicago, so explain that.
1: I am not from Chicago. I live in Canada. Um, I live in Hamilton, Ontario, Uh, 45 minutes from Toronto. Uh, And that day, I sauntered down, and uh, I ordered a drink, and I saw you sitting there, and I think I started the conversation. Am I right?
0: Um, I think you sat down and you said something about, there's so many alcohols. You're going to try whiskey. And then I was like, well, there's a lot to try. And then you said something like, I'm going to go safe and have a mule. See, I remember because I'm a study. Right. And so then I don't even remember what started it. Oh, somehow we, uh, you asked my name or something. And I said, Michelle with one L and you went, I'm the
1: Michelle with one L. Yes, Listen, it matters that extra L that's not us. I know. I know. We're the original with one L. Exactly. So, so
0: our conversation started and again, no real rhyme or reason of why these kind of things happen, but we ended up sharing some stories. I was sitting there with my big bandage on my nose. And then I always feel like I need to talk about the elephant in the room. Cause I just had mo surgery and our listeners know all about that. And then you were sharing about, you were with your
1: your nieces and yeah, your, and my sister, my daughter, and my sister in law.
0: Yes, yes. And so you were there on like a girls' trip, and then and then started sharing a little bit about your background. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just love this lady, As, not just because her name is Michelle with one L, but because you had a, an interesting story that you started to share with me, even in that 25 minutes or however long we sat there and just shared space. You know, God puts people together for a reason.
1: A hundred percent. I uh,
0: let me start with what, what makes you, what made you approach and start
1: conversation with a stranger,
0: complete stranger at a bar out of your own country.
1: <laughs> okay. So in 2008, uh, when I was much younger, uh, I was traveling with a friend and my, this particular friend is the most outgoing person I've ever met. And it was our first trip together. We took a cruise and I watched her literally talk to every single person, every single person who walked. Hey, how's it going? Oh, yeah. Where's it? Where, where are you from? And the truth of the matter is, I'm actually an introvert at heart. And I was more in my shell back then. And I was just flabbergasted how she was just approaching these strangers. But guess what? By the end of the trip, she taught me. It's okay to meet people. You know, it's okay to smile and say hi to a complete stranger because at the end of the trip, we came out with, you know, folks who we uh, stay connected with for a few years or so. So that's the long versions. And short version is the new Michelle. The new Michelle likes to meet people. The new I love Michelle, that. The new Michelle acts on um like, like my, my intuition, my discernment. Right. So sitting next to you, like I discerned in that, you know, five minutes, like I can talk to her. So I did. Mm, I love that. I love that you're saying
0: you're an introvert, like almost like there's nothing wrong with being an introvert, but recovering introvert to try to be more extroverted. Right. And I love that you're, you saw a friend do something that was like, wow, I kind of want to emulate that so I can meet more people because here we are again. I mean, how many, it's been like two three four weeks i don't know i can't even remember when we were in chicago and i met this beautiful lady from ontario or toronto or wherever you said how'd you how far 45 minutes 45 minutes from toronto right and um here we are connected and i would love to stay connected and not only that that we left exchanging phone numbers and and saying hey be on my podcast and maybe we can collaborate something i mean this is the beauty of peeling back the onion and saying, Hey, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to step outside my comfort
1: zone. But but guess what, Michelle, everything in life happens for a reason. If you recall during our conversation, because I don't know why I decided to tell you my life story, which (laughs) is unusual because most people tell me their life stories. But what I did share with you is I said, you know, I just feel like someday I'm supposed to be some sort of a public speaker or do a podcast. And that's when you shared, I do a podcast. So there was nothing um, you know, by happenstance mm-hmm. about that. It was intentional and, and yeah. I'm spiritual. So God definitely placed us in the same place at the same time for us to connect. For this and other like greater reasons that we don't know.
0: And I love to share knowledge. I'm a teacher, you know, I'm a supervisor. I've taught it at our, our university close by our home at Malone. And I've done things like that. But what I also want to tell our listeners is, again, when you say speaking, stepping outside of your comfort zone, you did not come down to the bar with your sister and your niece and your daughter. You came down to the bar by yourself and just let yourself be in the space in the moment and- Checked around the bar. Okay, what? What was there? Something about me that was approachable, or just the fact that? Because I think you said. I don't know if you remember what you said.
1: Uh, I don't remember what I said, but I, as I mentioned, your, you know, I'll, I'll use language that others might use. Your energy, your vibe. You know what? I, you invited me to talk to you, so I did.
0: And one of the things you did say to me is that you made eye contact with me and smiled, or you made some kind of eye contact. So again, this is just a quick little, you know, as we talk, we'll, we'll throw in our little psychoeducational pieces, but when you want to be connecting with other people, you got to be approachable, make eye contact, smile, give compliments, be open-ended with questions. Like if I would have just said, you said, what drink should I get? I don't know that. And then we never talked. I mean, I asked you about your life, which opened up that question and went down that path of sharing about some of your hard stuff. So I just wanted to say those things because this can be done. And here I'm talking to an introvert. I am not an introvert. I'm much, very much an extrovert, but to meet somebody who is saying I'm an introvert, but you initiated this whole thing. Yes, so I'm,
1: I'm pushing. I'm learning to to do some of the hard things. You know, it's it's not easy. As an introvert, we like our space. We actually refuel on our own. Um, right. But it doesn't mean that we don't like people and we don't like company. It just means we need to be intentional about, you know, re- the, the refueling. So I did refuel. That actually was a part of my refueling. Cause remember, I was with my sister in law and, and my niece and my daughter. So I needed to refuel. Nothing was wrong. We had a great trip. So that's why I was by myself. I'm like, I'm going to take some time by myself. And then,
0: and then you ended up not being by yourself because we ended up having this whole conversation. (laughs) And it's so funny because my husband is very similar. So my husband and I were bookended by you on one end and another lady on the other. And Jonathan was just sitting and talking to the other lady. I'm sitting and talking to you. And we had this whole separate conversations, even though we were side by side, which is crazy, but such joy. It brings me such joy to meet people. So... Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Like, where are you at in life? What, you know, tell me about your job and what are you aspiring to? Because I know that those things are kind of connected.
1: So I am a business manager at a local university. I've been there for 15 years. So I oversee a large unit um, with up to maybe 17 staff now. Uh, Where am I at? Well, uh, I think I'm definitely in transition. That's where I'm at. I recently made uh, a decision to go back to school. So right now I am in the midst of completing my MBA. And at the other end of that, I'm going to use this credential to uh, propel me in, in a direction that where I can do more of what I love. And it's funny you said that you love people, Michelle, that's, that's exactly who I am. I love people. So some sort of role director of people, diversity, culture, that's where I hope to be headed after this endeavor.
0: Now, do you think you'll stay in the university academia or do you think you'll go to a different, you know, business realm?
1: What I'll say is I've been in academia for 15 years. I think I would like to experience something. um, different. Yes.
0: Yeah. But totally. in the meantime, does your schooling, do you get um, your schooling paid for? Is that a perk? It's
1: definitely a perk.
0: <laughs> yes. So again, taking what you have and taking advantage to the nth degree for yourself, which is smart, smart, right. smart
1: lady. Right. Right. Now I will say, Michelle, working full time and going to school part time, that's, it, it was a big, it's, it's a big sandwich that I, I, I decided to pick up. So that's part of my transition is figuring out the balance piece. So how much more did you just start your MBA program? I just started at the beginning of September. Yes.
0: Well, you will be back to living as a college student, which means, and this is what I still live this way, one deadline at a time. Like I knew I had your interview on today and I knew it was I was planning for it, but I had so many things between then then. And and today that I put this thing to the to on my agenda and it was coming, but I do one thing at a time. And that's really how college students live.
1: It's a fact. And that's what I've been doing, and I'll continue to do it until I bang this thing out. I'm excited. You know, walking across the stage at 40 years old will be <laughs> Be <Being> loud <laughs> and proud, my
0: friend. You are beautiful. I mean, I'm awesome. sitting here looking at us in this, you know, in this video, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I just am so. I look so pale.
1: <laughs> you are so beautiful. Oh, you you are you are a light. So just shine.
0: Well, I love that. And again, this is this is part of that growing in relation with others is just to be um, appreciative of what's in front of you. Okay. So I always ask these kind of questions. Um, and you've already answered to some extent what's something hard, you know, or overcome. You're over, you're in the middle of it now. You're you're jumping off the precipice. But, you know, to go to school and work full time. But the thing is, again, at an older age, you know, I'm in my 50s, and you're in your decade or so behind me, um, we know we can get through hard things because we already have, because those hard things prepare us for the next hard things, because I always say life keeps coming. So You've named the going to school and being sandwiched. Tell our listeners some other, maybe some important things that have happened in your life that have given you the wherewithal to know I'm an overcomer and I can I can do this.
1: Okay. Well, last year, last year I made a very difficult decision to uh, walk away from my marriage. I was married for. 10 years in, in the relationship for 11 and that was rough. Um, it was, it was rough. Um, what
0: made you, what, what made you finally pull the trigger to say, I just can't do this anymore.
1: Um, when I came to the realization that I completely lost myself, my self-respect, my self-worth, just my entire self in this relationship. And it took me years to actually understand what was happening. I'm a giver, right? Mm-hmm. I love to love. I love to nurture. I... People ple- and a people pleaser. um, To some to extent. A, to, a, to a degree, yes. If
0: you lose yourself... That's because you've spent so much time doing and being for others that we don't know who we are. And that's, that's yeah. putting your needs
1: first. Yeah. So I also learned some things about the nature of the relationship that I was in. And many, 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 many counselors over the years, um, they told me that I was in a narcissistic um, relationship. I didn't know what it was. It was just a buzzword at the time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but the more counselors that told me this, uh, I started to research it, and and the more I understood about what was happening, it's the more I was appalled with myself for you know allowing these things to happen. So that that was huge for me because I had to learn. To forgive myself and to understand that a lot of these things, it wasn't like a me thing. It was more had to do with his makeup and stuff. And
0: I want to I want to um, say something about that because I work with a lot of couples and a lot of women after divorce, after being married to a man with narcissistic personality disorder. Is that even though you said you're not necessarily a people pleaser, most narcissists gravitate towards a people pleaser or a nurturer because the, the nurturer or the people pleaser says to the nurse or says to themselves or to the narcissist, if only I say this, if only I do this, if only I'm the best sex, if only I'm the best cook, if only I'm the best housekeeper, if only I'm the best, if onlys. and then the the narcissist looks at the people pleaser and says, well, if only you would be the better at this, if only, so the if onlys all fall on the person who's trying to please and make things all better. So it's interesting because and you're right that kind of personality will gravitate towards somebody like you and then part of that here's the therapist coming out work you working on that so that you don't attract another narcissist because it's familiar
1: (laughs) yes it's 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 familiar but you know what it it was uncomfortable the whole time so and gaining
0: I, insight is good. That gaining the insight is the awareness part.
1: Oh yeah. So the year that I've been, it's been about a year and a half since I since I stepped away, and I have I've done the work. Um, this is funny. Uh, the first place I got after I walked away from my marriage was on Freedom Crescent. <laughs> I don't know what that is. The street name was called Freedom.
0: Oh, where you moved to. Yes. Again, very
1: divine on on that Absolutely piece. divine. <laughs> so, I I took that literally and I took the time to heal and um it, it was a lot of forgiveness, right? Because I I'm very hard on myself. And listen, nobody gets married to get divorced. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like there's no point in getting married if that's what you're thinking. And I am spiritual and it's, you know, Christians, we believe, you know, once you get married, you stick with it. But I I definitely feel like I was in um, like an emotionally and mentally abusive relationship.
0: 100%. And recognizing that is the piece, you know, you were abused. Yeah. And saying, I'm not going to do this anymore. And how did how did this man handle it when you said, well, I, I got to go?
1: There was a lot of There was a, there were a lot of reactions, right? So over the years I started to change the more that I gained a little bit more sense of self, our relationship tanked because Mm -hmm. he liked me. He loved me the most when I was at my weakest. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So at each stage where I started to build myself up, um, that's when our, our marriage just continuously got worse. So he was not shocked um, when I said this. He he wasn't shocked, um, but he also didn't believe I would do it. So mm-hmm. uh, we had the initial conversation. We agreed on one thing. And then within a week, he came back and said, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Literally, like, why would I do that? That's what you want. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, you know, how about we go to counseling. Keep in mind, we gone to at least, I don't know, 10 counselors. So
0: he was thinking he was giving you what he thought you wanted to hear to keep you in the manipulation.
1: Oh yeah. Anything. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at him and I said, no, we're, we're done and we're good. And you know what? I, he knew I was moving and I did not tell him the actual date because i just i knew that he would try to run some sort of interference so he went to work one day and i packed up not much and i moved out and he came home and i was gone
0: mm-hmm.
1: and how and did you get a
0: phone call or a visit or a no. text or he just left i got by? a
1: text um probably a couple weeks later um, my story is interesting because we still go to the same church, but I'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. I received a message weeks later and, you know, he was basically saying, you know, is this how it's going to be? Are we not going to talk and all these things? And through my research on narcissism, I knew that, um, no communication was best because he knows how, he knows what to say to draw me back in. Oh, he knows how to love bomb. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I messaged him and I said, I essentially I'm paraphrasing. I just said, you know, like, don't communicate, don't contact me. Like that's, I'll let you know, eventually we'll have to speak. You know, we will at some point, but do not contact me. And that lasted a year. Wow. Even going to the same church. Wow. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things
0: I want to address here because I know the one thing you told me when we met in Chicago and I was I think it was a very telling piece is when you said that he was not supportive of you getting your MBA. He did not think that that was a good idea. He didn't, you know, and and why is that? Because you just said, why is that?
1: Well, because it's about me. He doesn't, Mm -hmm. he didn't want, he liked me down and weak. Anything to build me up was a problem. Every birthday, every Mother's Day, this man ruined. Anything Mm -hmm. basically that meant something to me was a problem in our relationship. Yeah. True
0: true textbook narcissistic behavior. Okay, tell me a little bit about church. How how did you navigate and how are you navigating if you're still there?
1: So, um I started attending this church it's when we got married. So, he was attending this church and then I I went. And listen, the easiest thing for me to have done would be okay, well, the relationship's done. And you know, that was originally his church. So I'm gonna walk away. But lots of tears and prayer and waiting on God to respond. And God responded, and it was so clear to me, he's like, it's it's not his church, it's my church. And it's God's church. Yeah, is exactly. that that's what I'm saying? That's what yeah. God, it's my it's God's church. Yeah. So it was hard. Obviously, it was hard. But I promised, I promised God that, you know, if he delivered me from basically the marriage, that I wouldn't make decisions again without consulting him.
0: Mm.
1: Because that's how I found myself in that situation in the first place. So as hard as it was, I, I kept going to church week after week. And, you know, I just, it's, and it's a small church. I see him every week. And now it's not, it's not difficult. Does he try to talk to you or
0: has he, has he moved on and has new women
1: he's taken to the church? Um, not that I've seen, um, I broke the no, no, um, verbalizing in the spring. Um, it was after a sermon and I just, I was a little annoyed because, you know, I, I feel like the spirit was nudging me. You're, you're going to talk yeah, you're going to talk to him. And in my head, I'm like, no, I'm not. And it was like, yeah, you are. So I just approached him. And I said, you know, obviously, I like, have taken this time to heal, we I'm able to, you know, communicate with you, you know, we can have be civil and say good morning and blah, blah, blah. And so I broke the ice. Physically, his body was like relieved. And yeah, he'll walk by me, and he'll smile and and whatever. But that's all it is.
0: Okay, I'm going to ask a hard question that we sort of talked about a little bit. So, where are you at with the divorce process, and and what has to happen? I'm I'm nudging you as well. God's talking through me to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, I had initiated, um, uh, you know, uh, getting divorced. So, I had uh, retained a lawyer and all that. But guess what? <clears throat> that situation went sideways. Um, it actually really still hurts me to talk about because, you know, it's not easy telling a, com- a complete stranger about some of the horrible things that you've been through. So I, I did that with her and trusted that, you know, she would do what she said she was going to do and she didn't. So I'm still a little bit heartbroken from that. So I put, is there
0: any legal recourse that she was unethical or uh, uh, didn't follow through with a contract agreement or anything like that? I mean, I'm just brainstorming, you know, I
1: don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I put it on hold because it was, um, emotionally just taxing me. It was draining. It was depleting me.
0: Well, and, you know, again, I just want to say it's the devil getting in there as well, because you're, you you know, it's hard enough to leave this relationship and then you leave the relationship and you trust someone to help you completely extricate yourself from the, from the marriage. And it ends up being a negative and you get hurt again. You get hurt all over again. And maybe even in some ways can hurt even more because you trusted this professional person to do this thing.
1: Exactly. So I put it on the back burner for now, only because work is very busy. I told you I've started school, so I need to revisit this very hard thing and pick it back up and, and, you know, do what I need to do to finalize this divorce. So I'm still married, unfortunately separated, but I'm still married. And living completely separate lives, obviously. Completely
0: separate. But what, what would be, what would be the, you know benefit or the relief or the whatever of finally signing that paperwork whether it's a disillusionment divorce or whatever what would that feel like for you
1: just to be completely separate from him um moving on one week after i left i changed my, my last name i went right back to my maiden name um Honestly, it's I I'm I've I'm I've learned and I'm still learning from the choice that I made. I no longer blame him for everything because the truth of the matter is I allowed all of these things.
0: And that's and- that's very healthy because even if somebody's been cheated on or whatever whatever, I I always ask my couples what part and it doesn't excuse behavior but can explain it. What part did we have to
1: own for this situation? And People don't like to hear that though. So bravo. (laughs) Nobody wants to blame themselves for a horrible situation, right? Because of decisions I made, you know, my daughter suffered, my stepdaughter suffered, my family suffered, you know, that's, I own that, that, that is all on me. Right.
0: But you already, you already said earlier to give yourself grace and forgiveness. And that's the key because that doesn't hold us back. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to ask another hard question because, you know, I'm okay. a therapist, so I'm going to get in here. Was there other, were there other past relationships or something in your childhood or something in your early relationships with other significant others that were similar patterns to this unhealthy, dysfunctional, narcissistic, people-pleasing dynamic?
1: Absolutely. Um, I feel like I was trained. <laughs> I was trained to accept narcissistic behavior. Um,
0: that's an interesting thing, but I think it's very much true. It's, it's conditioned. We're conditioned to do these things in some ways if we don't yeah. have insight.
1: Yeah. So, you know, when I started to gain insight on narcissism, I did, I look back and I said, how, how, how did I end up here? Cause all of my friends, the people who know me the best, they were like completely perplexed, like out of everybody in the world, not you. But uh the the dynamic between myself and my brother, definitely my brother was like my very first um narcissist that I that I can recall, you know. Um a lot of the behaviors in hindsight definitely match up. So yeah, it is a pattern if that's what you and,
0: and you know, this is the term that we use, but it's it's so appropriate because you went from a relationship with your brother that had some narcissistic components and then maybe some, maybe boyfriends down the road, but it's called normalized dysfunction because it feels normal. It's not functioning, it's not healthy, it's not productive, but yet it feels normal. So we call it normalized dysfunction. It just, it, it keeps happening until we gain that, grab that insight and 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 understand the whys because that's always important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I know it's important for me to heal because I really don't want this again. I'd rather be by myself for the rest of my life. I don't and, want you know,
0: And again. that's a good thing for, for listeners to hear as well, because it's okay to be alone. And you know, when you're alone and not looking, sometimes that's when you meet the most magnificent person. And I always say this too, the healthier we are, the healthier people we attract when we're unhealthy, we can attract the most unhealthy people because we're in that same mindset, but the healthier we are. And as we grow and evolve, we attract amazingly healthy people. So that's on the radar for your future down the road. And you're also not running, running from one relationship to the next. saying, I got to have a man in my life. I got to do this. I got to do this, you know, giving yourself time.
1: So if anything, um, Perhaps it's the experience, perhaps it's just the age, perhaps it's like a, a blend of both. I just, I don't have tolerance for like a lot of things at present, you know, it's either you come correct or just don't come. Yeah. You well, know. and you also
0: don't have time right now to be worrying
1: about somebody else. No, no <laughs> I really don't. And I'm okay with that. I'm, I told you I'm good on my own. I can spend, so when I was in my, in my place, cause I've moved on since, um, I spent weeks. There was weeks that I was, it was just me in my house and I was living my very best life. I'm good on my own. You know, I like me now. I like my own company. And
0: that's know? important too. being able to be okay with being by, your, you know, I like me. I like what I'm doing yeah. now. You did mention your daughter and you had a girl's trip and that was great. So tell us a little bit about your daughter. Cause uh, it sounds like you guys are like best friends, you know, like do a lot of fun things.
1: My love. Uh no you know what uh so my daughter's twenty three um yep yeah, we did do this this girls trip but I as I mentioned a lot of decisions I made did impact her right so my ex not the most stellar person towards her so she she did she suffered honestly as long as I suffered in her way
0: and those are those red flags that um again I want our listeners to to lean on to is that when you are with someone who has narcissistic tendencies, they alienate you from the most important people in your life. They separate you and they control where you go, what you do, who you do it with. They cut out other people because they want you all to themselves.
1: Yeah. And, and it's
0: hard for you, like the other people in your life to understand that. Yeah, so I'm how did you and your daughter work through that disconnect?
1: Um, when I started to gain my sense of self, back, right, I always fought for her, she doesn't know or really understand that. But I always did. Probably like 90% of our fights were about the kids, right? Because I just didn't like the way that he was approaching things with when it came to when it came to the kids. So my daughter, in addition to one of his daughters, because one of his daughters was the golden child.
0: Mm, Oh, that's a whole nother
1: podcast. That's that's a thing. The golden child and the scapegoat and the the birth order and all that stuff. Yeah. So the golden child lived the very best life. Her. Yeah. But the other two, um, they suffered. But back to my daughter. Yeah. She doesn't know that I spent all of my time fighting for her and all the things. How did we rebuild when I started to gain back myself? And um and I mean she got older, maturity, mm-hmm. she was in her own relationship, she had her first major heartbreak, and I kind of feel like during that period we got very close because mm-hmm. she actually did come to me for comfort, which just warmed my heart. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing I can do. You know, you can't heal your children's no, heart, But you can hug them. You can but I hugged her and we chatted and and from then it's been upward and onward.
0: Mm-hmm. That's 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 wonderful. And it is good. It it also shows that we can have disconnects, but we can also work through hard things. And part of it is owning. I'm sure that the words maybe I'm sorry came out of that, or I, you know, I I did was doing the best I could in the moment and recognize all the things that was going
1: on. Yep. I yep. I've said all those things to her. I said, you know, and I had her when I was young, right? I was 21 when I had her as a baby. Yeah. you know, she's older now than when I first had her. And I said to her, I said, I did the best I could with the tools I had at the time.
0: And and again, we're not the same. I'm not the same. I was three years ago, let alone 20 years ago, let alone 40 years ago. You know, we grow and the experiences mold us to be who we are. Um, exactly. Is your daughter in school?
1: Uh, no, but she's going back in January. And she's one of those COVID casualties, kind of, you know, the big heartbreak. Yeah. The online. I just said, pandemic. Just just (laughs) stop going. It's okay, you know?
0: And you know what? Part of you going back yourself could be role modeling her. Again, you know, it's never too late. Anytime, do your thing. You do you. And, And that doesn't mean everybody goes to school, other people can do different things. But if she wants to, she can look to you and say, well, geez, if mom can do it, I can do it.
1: Well, she knows because I've completed all of my degrees Mm -hmm. uh, like after I had her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So So that's a perfect role modeling. Okay. This is another question I like to ask. You're very, 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 very busy and you're pulled in a thousand directions. Sweet friend, what do you do for you for self-care? What do you do? What do you like to do? What do you fill your cup with so that you have
1: stuff left to give? I overfill my cup with, uh, worship. Mm. I'm spiritual. I go to church. I am a member of the praise and worship team. Oh, my husband is too. Oh, (laughs) and I just, for your listeners, I can't, words cannot express, um, how much peace I obtain when I just give it all when I just give it all in 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 my worship. I don't understand how folks in life are able to get through those rough times when they don't know God, um, to be honest, right? That's the only thing that got me through, you know, was prayer, my team, and just knowing that, yeah, it's a pretty crappy time, but this too shall pass. Oh, right? I use that all the time. Yeah. So that's, that's my, I'm giving myself goosebumps. That's what I do to overfill my cup. And that's another thing, you know, I'm, I'm fully embracing this, um, the spiritual side of me, you know, when I was younger, I don't know, sometimes I had friends who didn't go to church or did go, I don't care who, you know, I like, I'm just going to be me. It's either you accept all of me or, or you don't, right. I go to church and I love God and mm-hmm. I'm going to speak it. Right.
0: And I think that, but what people can get from you is that you love God, but you're not judging, you you know, I'm going to, this is my life. Don't judge me, but you know, I'm not going to judge you, but don't judge me for, for finding my joy in the Lord. Right.
1: You know what it is? I think it's easy for me to not be judgmental because the entire time I was in, um, my past relationship, I didn't feel worthy. I felt ugly. I gained pff, like 40 pounds. like I just was not my best self. I didn't feel good about myself. And there's these sprinkles of people who just who just gave me grace and gave me an abundance of love through all those hard periods that it it's just not on me to be judgmental of anybody. And guess what? Jesus met people where they were at. I'll meet you where you're at, you know, We met at a bar. And somehow we ended up talking about God and Christ. That seems Mm -hmm. like an oxymoron when you think about it.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, we weren't being, we weren't dancing on the bar. We were just having a cocktail. So how... So the, speaking of grace, and you said you felt love and embrace and, and goodness at this church that you're still a part of that your ex soon to be ex is going to, was there any dividing and and triangulating with parishioners and the people that you were seeing weekly, um, several times a week? Like, how did you get through that? Because sometimes as much as we love our our, you know, our church and our faith that sometimes, it's still human. There's still humanism there that we do the human things.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um I did a few things. Um so before I really announced to anybody that, that that I was making that decision, I decided, I said to myself, I said, Michelle, you don't owe anybody an explanation. You don't. At the end of the day, you know what you lived through. So I gave myself permission to not feel the need to explain to every single person, which who,
0: brings in that defensiveness. You didn't act defensive. You just were being okay. yourself. And if he was defensive, then it, then it plays out.
1: Then he looks on like him. It. That yeah. was on him. Yeah. So that was the first thing. And then I think I neutralized things. Um, one of the pastors, this was after I had made my announcement had approached me and he essentially was like, kind of like a why? And my response to him was simple. And I said, listen, I said, anything or anybody that is interfering with my relationship with Christ needs to go. And, cause he was kind of, he asked me, but he was like busy doing something. And I said it, and then he stopped mm-hmm. and I could, I could literally see him like pondering what I said. And then he looked up at me and he said, okay. And that was that. And, so- and yet, I love that, you know, the church is still
0: embracing your soon to be ex. I mean, he is a child of God and shows up and everybody's good.
1: Well, let's remember, Michelle, (laughs) narcissists wear a mask. So the ex that I know, they don't know that person.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I decided it's not my job to teach them or show him the other side. It's nobody that's honestly, that's between him and God. That's, That's none of my business. I so I just put my hands up. And I just I walk in there confident because you know what? I'm not there for Susie, Jen, or Jim. I'm there for me, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's how I've gotten by It's Listen, sometimes when I'm up there and I'm singing, I'm human, right? So there have been weeks where I'm up there and I feel distracted and I'll see him and then I'll get an invasive thought. It'll be a memory, always a terrible memory. And 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 those moments, I just you know, I try to remember you know why I'm there, and and I recall how far I've come, right? Because there's oh, I I'm love that extremely resilient. You know, my 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 mom, my sister, um, my cousins, have all told me, Michelle, I don't know who else could have gone through what you went through, gone
0: through it, and yet. Not only are you giving yourself grace, which is so important, but in some ways, I mean, you're, you know, you're giving him grace. It's you're, you're saying I'm letting go. So he doesn't continue to hurt me. I'm letting go, which I think will be even better when you're finally divorced. Just saying, you know, I'm going to probably be prodding you down the road and say, Hey, it's Christmas break time. Are you doing your thing?
1: <laughs> Do you remember why I told you I was in Chicago?
0: Um, you were, I, I feel like you said you were running away, but I don't think it was that. I can't remember oh. what you
1: said. Okay, I don't know how your listeners are going to take this, but this is my truth. So every holidays were the worst for me, the worst, especially the ones that I love, my birthday, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day. But another holiday or celebration day that also was just terrible for me was his birthday because he was so obnoxious. Like I can't even describe like it just like I literally dreaded his birthday. So, I'm born at the beginning of the year and he's born in October. And on my birthday, he would always say only 300 and whatever days until my birthday. On my birthday, he would say those things to me. So, um, since I left, I celebrate that weekend, right? It's around the Canadian Thanksgiving.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I call it Independence Day. So I was celebrating Independence Day.
0: I love that. Yes, it is coming back now. I love that. And so is that something that you think you'll continue down the road? Is
1: doing like a little mini trip or a little thing during that time? You know what? I don't know. Like for the here and the now, yeah. But I don't know. I'm not sure if this is still just a part of me trying to um, heal heal, or if this, like, I, I don't know.
0: Well, and you're right. The relevance of Independence Day will change as you change in who you are and who you're with and what your life looks like. It may mean, it may mean nothing, but in the moment, it's something that's getting you through.
1: Yeah. It means I love it, that. It means something to me.
0: And I think it's good for our listeners to hear that too, is, you know, finding something that helps us get through. That's a healthy thing. Cause not only were you away doing your thing, but you were with some of your favorite people.
1: Yeah. So here's the thing I I do want your listeners to know I don't hate my ex. I don't. I really despise, you know, the way our relationship played out. I despise the way that he treated me at times. But I actually don't hate the man. I feel sorry for him because towards the end, I started to really see that almost all of the things he was doing was because of his own secure insecurities and I didn't see it until I saw it. He was mm-hmm. very controlling and I used to think why? you know with my job, I, I told you I've been there for 15 years, but I was only within 11. My job has always been an issue, right? Sometimes there are, I need to work um you know late nights. it's not it's not often, maybe quarterly. And those things were an issue for him. And I used to think, why is this an issue? And he would say, bring me your job description. I want to read it. Why? You know, he
0: did a lack lack of trust for himself. He probably didn't trust himself. And honestly, as a therapist over the years, a lot of people who are married to narcissists dig down and find out that the narcissist actually self-esteem is really in the toilet. And they usually have some sort of trauma that brings them to this Personality. You know, there's something that is triggering for them. And they are very hurting, um insecure souls. Absolutely.
1: But so you that him, big personality. Oh, 100%. Tell me I'm the best looking person in the world. I'm the best. There's a song, I'm a big deal. And he would play that as his anthem. But yet yeah, I'm thinking, mm, I don't know. I don't see that. Yeah. Overcompensating, faking it. In okay. in a sense,
0: and also that's the, the dominant over you, you know, or over the person they're with is just to continue to boost them up. So I am thankful to God that you have gotten out of that relationship. I can't wait till you're through it completely. Um, you you're quite an overcomer, and I'm so blessed to have met you. Is there anything else you would like, any parting words of wisdom, any advice you would give to somebody who is in that kind of abusive, and it is abusive relationship, any advice that you would give somebody and they're thinking about leaving and maybe they're afraid or they're, I don't know, whatever those feelings are.
1: So first thing I would say, if you're questioning, if you're in a relationship, things are happening and you're questioning, Hey, is it me? Chances are it probably isn't you. Narcissists don't question themselves. Do you know what I mean? They don't. Um, I would say tap into whatever it is that keeps you going. For me, it's God. For some people, you know, it's yoga. For other people, whatever it is that um, kind of uh, centers you, that's what I'm looking for. Um, Really latch on to that and talk to somebody I stayed silent for years my family said this came out of the blue it didn't come out of the blue it's just because he had silenced me for all of those years right right so I would say you know talk to somebody and then plan Um, if you're in a relationship like you like like I was in you it's you can't just pick up and leave you need to be intentional and, and, and make to plan and and make some movements.
0: And, and so since, you know, I was going to end on that, but I do want to go back to one thing you just said, and I want to ask you this because some people might be even just in the dating stages and there aren't, they haven't gotten married or committed. Did you have red flags or were there things you wished you would have listened to those little niggles that were like, "Mm, Michelle with one L I don't know about this.
1: Like, did you have those things? So glad that you brought that up because it's important that we don't leave this without mentioning that the answer is yes. From the beginning, there were a thousand red flags. And the reason why I chose to ignore them is because where I was at at that time in my life, at that time, I had been single eight years and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. You know, I'm, I think, I think I'm lonely now. So I ignored all of those things for companionship, but the truth of the matter I've never been more lonely than I was in that relationship. That's important for people to hear. Yeah. Very important. So do not ignore the red flags. And one last thing what I learned is the people who know you the most. So for me, my mother, my sister, like my family, my best friend. I'm not saying you're always going to jump when they provide you with advice. But the fact of the matter is they know you. If there's a consistent if there's there's consistent messaging that's coming to you from these people who know you the most, it's time for you to take a step back and say, okay, you know, what am I hearing? I didn't do that because I'm like, they don't know me. They don't know him. And guess what? In the end, they were exactly bang on
0: and those are those things those hard lessons that sometimes we can't hear what other people are saying we have to figure it out we have to we have to come to the realization I am so thankful and appreciative of sharing this with you and I know for a fact we've talked about in our podcast you know red flags for relationship and dysfunctional relationships and all that but you are the living proof that you can get through these awful unhealthy and and hurtful, abusive relationships to get on the other side. And, and it really comes down to that, gaining that insight, self-forgiveness, taking the steps and growing and evolving. So thank you so
1: much, Michelle. Thank you for having me, Michelle, with one L.
0: <laughs> My sister. <laughs> well, um, as our listeners, we, we always love to end it with, you know, say, well, yes, but today I think we're going to say... Well, yes to a couple of things, say well, yes to making new friends, but say well, yes to healthy relationships. Love it.